What's happening? This is Poder Podcast. Your host, Sergio Lagunas. On this podcast, we feature influential and powerful leaders with their own unique stories on art, music, education, and influence. So listen to these stories to find out their source of poder. On today's episode, we feature a community leader and activist who's really put in a lot of work in our community here in the city of Oxnard. You might relate to his efforts wherever you are in the United States or around the world. As you can see, a lot of youth are coming up with great innovative ideas or working through the traditional channels of democratic and civic duty to uplift communities and make our lives better and lives better overall for everyone. So today we feature our guest, AJ Valenzuela. And he'll be touching on topics of civic responsibility as well as an upcoming election in 2018. And of course, uh, what happened here in Oxnard with the recall election recently and redistricting. All right, on today's episode, we have AJ Valenzuela. Thank you for having me, Sergio. All right. So let's get to it. Um, what is redistricting? So districting. So recently, uh, the city of Oxnard transitioned from at-large elections where all council members are elected throughout the entire city to district elections where um, each part of the city within a district votes for their own representative. So from before, it went from everyone having to vote for two council members every two years to now voting for one council member every four years. Okay, and tell us more about what success you've had with these projects in redistricting. Um, So in Oxnard, um, it was quite successful. Um, I put this, that in October, early October, um, I had a lawyer send a letter of potential litigation to the city of Oxnard for them to start the process to enter district elections. So um, it entered a 45-day safe harbor period where the city could start, would then be able to state that they would transition to district elections in the next 90 days or so. That happened, and so from that after that first 45 days, the city council did public hearings and um, got maps submitted from the public in order to create district maps. And the one that um, we worked on with our community members, with other people from COS, MyCop, LULAC, and BayPAC, and other organizations, we came together and decided on 635, and that was ultimately chosen, which also added two new council positions to the city of Oxnard, making it a seven-member council. Okay, and how important is it that we have more representation from the city in these areas? And what zones are in particular, uh, in terms of the general sense, what kind of zones did you want candidates from? Uh, traditionally in Oxnard, uh, most council members are elected north of um, of Woolley Road, and that's about, and but 60% of the population is below Woolley Road, um, so it shows that there is a significant lack of representation in the council um, representing these areas. Um, now with the new C, uh, new council district 635, um, there's going to be two open seats um, for South Oxnard, one for Southwest and one for Southeast, districts 5 and 6. 
And when does it start? Does it start in this upcoming election cycle? It will start this November. So technically, all the council members are at large. But this November, once they have the first round of elections, council members will then be elected by districts. Um, for council for the Southwest Council District, it will be a, a two-year term in 2018. And then in 2020, it will be a four-year term. But the one that Southeast council district that covered part of um Oxnard college area it will be a four-year term straight from 2018 and then up again in 2022 and for somebody that's out there not familiar with elections at all uh, what would you say is the main focus of an election uh the main focus of the election is where the public gives their input on who should represent them on making um this policy decisions for uh, their board so whether it be a school board or a city council or a board of supervisors Okay, and when is it ideal for someone that has never voted? Uh, how do they get information? How do they start mm-hmm. to get involved in the voting process? Uh, first start is to register to vote. Um, so if you are 18, a U.S. citizen, uh, you are permitted to vote in your next upcoming election. Um, if you are 16 or 17, uh, you are now uh allowed to pre-register to vote in California. So if you are 16 in high school, you can register to vote. And on your 18th birthday, whatever address you put down, you'll be registered to vote so that you can vote your next election. All right. And particularly in Oxnard, historically, what have you seen happening? And I believe there was an election recently, right? What was up with that? Uh, It was the Oxnard recall election. What is a recall election? Uh, The recall election is where... Uh, individuals are able to submit a petition and gather signatures across uh, across the city of Oxnard to recall their council members. Unfortunately, this one gentleman who funded a majority of the campaign, he ended up getting enough signatures to start this recall election, which initiated that took place this past Tuesday, May first. Uh, fortunately, it was not successful because the issue that was going up was about the wastewater rates but they tried making it seem like more they were corrupt all these other issues but no it was simply because they had to raise raise wastewater rates um because past councils haven't done so and what is your background with uh, elections and being involved politically um so i first got involved in electoral elections in 2012 um i was an advocate for uh community colleges um, primarily the middle class scholarship, which would have cut tuition for UCs and CSUs by two thirds and provided $150 million to uh, California community colleges. Unfortunately, at the time, uh, Tony Strickland, the state senator of the area, voted up against um, this bill, which encouraged me to go intern for Julia Brownlee's uh, congressional race. So I went to do that. And so I was an intern in 2012. We were successful, yes. Um, in 2013, I had I thought I should run for city council. I did, but I learned a lot of lessons from that. Oh, what I, happened in that city council race? Uh, I did not get last place. I'll, th- I'll say that. Oh, that's good. At <laughs> 13 candidates, I did not get last place. But then I went from there. I started volunteering in Ventura city council races, Santa Barbara, because I transferred from Ventura College to UCSB. Hold so, up. So you were a student while you first got uh, into this first race and got involved politically correct where did that inspiration comes from um just saw that 
that you needed good people to get involved in the community because if you don't have good people people who may not be the most qualified or or may not have the best intentions um go for these positions of power and like where they allocate where the funds go to or make policy changes that affect our everyday lives so and how do you get that word out to ordinary people that have no idea what's going on um you talk about the issues that are important to them so be like whether it be about the environment um water um education public health public safety yeah what what resonates with people how do you get them motivated okay and back to this whole districting thing how does that affect the way things are shaped now and and beyond in this city in particular in the city of oxnard so yeah, so originally it was more wealthier affluent areas that had more control uh, in Oxnard. Like in 2012, um, you had Mayor Holden, Councilmember Tim Flynn, um, and Councilmember Brian McDonald all living folk so close to each other within on F and G Street. Um, and then you had uh, Carmen in North Oxnard, and also was um, uh, Irene Pinkard at the time. She was also in North Oxnard. And so it was like a more concentration, like more uh, North Oxnard. So and and so now you're going to have you're systemically always going to have representation in South Oxnard and Colonia. Uh, and even the place affluent there's like the, the harbor where they haven't had a council member in my recent knowledge. Yeah. OK. And in terms of other cities like Oxnard, because there there are probably cities in the United States that are similar to this and are experiencing a similar situation where the elite and living in a certain area, certain quarters of the city, will have all the power and all the decision-making power to pretty much say what every neighborhood deserves to have in terms of resources and allocation of funds and schools and school funding. And how would you say Oxnard serves as a model for this uh, redistricting project? Well, I think... Oxnard to serve as a model, it's probably a little too early right now to say because there isn't, they're having had their first election cycle yet. But I would say that uh, how successful it was concerned her as a model to get the policy started. So if others are interested, um, say anyone in Port Wanimi, Santa Paula, Fillmore, or um, Santa Clarita, if they want to go into district elections, they um, would have to get potential litigation started for uh uh, for claiming that a CBRA uh, violation was in order. California Voting Rights Act, CBRA. Okay, and what is your current position in, in politics? Are you involved in any organizations? Um, so yeah, I have a couple. I am currently the treasurer for the Greater Oxnard Organization of Democrats, the immediate past president of it. And so uh, I was really uh, involved in pushing for the organization to do endorsements in local nonpartisan races because... When it comes down to it, all races are partisan. Um, would it be where the funding comes from or the issues? And then also, I'm involved with the uh, Cause Action Fund. It's a C4 board where we uh, endorse where candidates um, in local races where we can have the most uh, effect on and push them for more social justice policies, along with like the Ventura County Democratic Party. I'm involved with them and also the California Democratic Party as well. Okay, what's your involvement with the California Democratic Party? Um, so I serve as an e-board representative uh, from Assembly District 37 and also as a state delegate to the party. So we decide 
uh, as a state delegate, like all 3,000 plus of us vote on who the party endorses in statewide races and and other propositions. As an executive board member, uh, we serve more as a guidance for how the party operates and also serve as a convener for, I'm one of the co-chairs for the organizational and development committees um, for the state party where we also I convene a subcommittee on on developing matrices for best practices or lessons learned for California for county central committees for a Democratic Party. How can other people get involved in the way that you're getting involved? Is it a big time commitment? What do you think? Um, I, the time commitment has definitely grown over the years because I was just an intern like less than six years ago, where I was just making phone calls and knocking on doors. And so I think it's important that everyone remembers their roots and that they're never too good to do that work. Um, so, uh, but I've been taking on interns, uh, teaching them how to do those basicness, but also the basics, but also how teach them how to fundraise, how to recruit volunteers, or even get them to know a little more about policy. I think it's important because it's all about building capacity, not just what is going to affect me or immediate now, but what's going to happen in the future. What can I do to train people for the future? And would you say you're an expert or did you, where did you go to school? Did you study political science? Do you have to study? Do you have to go to college to get involved? What do you say to the youth? Um, You don't have to have a college degree to get involved. It it definitely does help Um, because I got involved when I was in community college, just being a student, getting involved in student government and going from there. So like even at UCSB, I was involved at Campus Democrats when I went there. Like they're very involved. They have like Five young elected officials elected Justin Isla Vista, like even one's a community college trustee out there elected from Isla Vista and Hope Ranch area. Um, no, it's never too early to get involved. Where do you gather your source of poder? Where do you get that inspiration from that continues to get you motivated to do these things? Honestly, it's just seeing these level of injustices that take place in everyday life. Being involved does take a lot of emotional and mental toll on everyone because it takes a lot of effort and a lot of uh, a strength to keep going each day because you know because there are going to be uh, accomplishments and there are going to be setbacks. So I'm very blessed to have some great mentors uh, who have kept me going, such as like my friends like Lucas Zucker or Genevieve Flores Harrow here in Ventura County or like up in Santa Barbara, like Hillary Blackerby, David Atkins, Daraka Larry Marhall, and plenty more like who have been very inspirational, even outside democratic politics. Um, there's people like David Rodriguez, uh, who have been very helpful in mentoring me and keeping me going. And in terms of na- nationwide scope, what is your perspective on what's going on in the world and with this new presidency that we have here in the United States? Oh boy. <laughs> so it is... Very unfortunate. We have our current national figure, national political figures in charge. But overall, I think it is this whole. It comes from like this whole sense from the recession, where people have just had this economic anxiety. Like the economy has stabilized, but you see the most the people with the lowest income like still disenfranchised um, by the recession. That their wages haven't gone up as much as it prefer or they received received the same level of economic security people are still just full of anxiety so you see like this like conservative wave taking place in europe also hitting here in the united states with trump 
that it's very possible that all this economic anxiety or even the whole Brexit issue as well. There's a lot to work on, but thank, but thankfully people have, unfortunately it's taken a lot of people to wake up with this new presidential figure to get more involved. Yeah, there's so many campaigns. I see the youth getting activated, March for Our Lives. There's so much going on. And uh, just to close up, what do you? Th- what is your hope for the future in terms of the, uh, the work that you do, the work that you wish more youth would get involved with? I wish that they would get also more involved with the Democratic Party because my entire concept of being involved in Democratic politics is you get involved and you shape the party to how you want it to be. So not it's not just, um, oh, go there, do that, do the president, and then leave. No, there's so many more issues, especially when it comes to state and local politics, that you can have greater effect on. And that you can join, partake today, and then within six years, you could be on a Podera podcast. <laughs> yes, of course. Thank you, AJ, for being here. Thank you for listening to Poder Podcast, the podcast con poder. Our audio engineer is Brian Navarrete. I am your host, Sergio Lagunas. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and don't forget to tell your friends.